from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, columnist, news and observer, Luke DeCock. Luke, what's going on, man? I absolutely would have bought a new system to play the college game. I don't even have a system now, but I would have gone out and bought whatever the system du jour is just to play NCAA football. If you could find one, good luck getting an Xbox or a PlayStation 5 these days. But uh, supply, supply chain! Anyway, uh, is there a supply chain on the power play? Is that the problem for the Carolina Hurricanes right now? Yeah, all their power play goals are locked up in a container in the port of Long Beach. Uh, no, I mean, I, it's frustrating because a lot, you know, the, the, the chances are there, and then what happens is they don't score, and they start to get tentative and kind of pass it around the perimeter, and yeah. then nothing happens, which we've seen a couple times now. Uh, obviously, the key for them is just to play without a goalie. Uh, you know, street hockey style, since that's the only way they scored against the Jets. Um, although I, I, I tweeted about that last night, and I've got one very angry guy in my mentions who doesn't understand what I meant, um, which is amusing it's, to me. It's, but, it's uh, yeah, it's it's the power play will come around. I'm pretty sure of it, uh, but it's in a it's in a rut right now, and, mm. and sometimes you can fix that with personnel, or they tried fixing it with set plays. Um, in the last home game before they went on the road and they were close. It didn't work. But, look, the talent is there. Uh, I think they're going to be fine. And, and, you know, everyone's kind of getting gloomy and doomy now, and, and maybe it's better to have this out of the way in late November than mid-March like last year. But, uh, you know, they've got to, if they score some goals, then this month is the second half of this month completely different. And that sounds simple, but it really is a game where you've got to score a goal or two, and they just haven't at key moments lately. Yeah, the the joke that I had about um, about last night because I, I like your galaxy brain thinking for the Carolina Hurricanes. Hey, I mean, if you if you did that for five minutes without a goalie, why don't you start a game without a goalie and see see where you go? You know, put up three quick goals and and then lock it down from there. Uh, but the one that was in my draft was uh, the Canes went five minutes without Coochie. Some folks go a lot longer than that. But, you know, it is what it is. Ooh. I know. That's with my drafts. I never tweeted out Yeah, there. no. Well, now you've, now you've spoken into existence. Maybe. Maybe that's the case. All right. Now, this is where I start to get into if the Canes are going to hold themselves to a standard, if Rod Brindamore is going to hold the team to the process, right, it goes beyond just the power play. Uh, we can sit here and talk about the chances to get on five on five, but really right now there's only three guys that are producing. That's that's unacceptable uh, at this rate, especially with uh, – I know I was talking to Adam Gold about this yesterday. He was he was kind of walking off in the hallway complaining about Cook and Yemi at this point uh, and the contract that he's got and what he's producing right now. He might find himself on the fourth line. So at what point does Brendan Moore really try to mix some things up to get beyond just Natchez, Aho, Svechnikov being the ones who are producing your goals right now? Well, I think, you know, part of it is, you know, the the, the way that team is built, um, Tebu Taravainen is a, a huge part of it. Yeah. And, um, you know, that that's a, a something where when he's out, um, that it throws other things out of whack. And, and you say, okay, well, they're a better team than that. Missing one player shouldn't matter. But it does throw you off. Um, I'm, I, you know, the, the Kokiemi thing is, is Kokiemi thing is tough because, yes, he's got this big contract. But that's almost irrelevant to who he is as a player. He wouldn't have that contract necessarily based on his performance. He has that contract because that's what the Hurricanes had to do to get him. 
And I think people who get caught up in what Coach Kinyemi is making are, are losing sight of the big picture a little bit. He's, he's making that because that was the opportunity cost to acquire that player, mm-hmm. not because he earned that contract. Um, he might be a fourth-line center at this point in his career. And you know what? That's fine. You've got Drury. You've got uh, Stastny. You've, you've got guys who can step in and, and play center on this team. Uh, you know, that was at one point this summer, you know, the thought was it was going to be Kokiemi and Drury, and then Stastny comes in and um, hasn't played a ton of center until lately, and, and you still get Derek Steppen. So, you know, who, who another guy who we didn't expect to be around in July. So they've got options down the middle. I, I do think this will work itself out, and I think the goaltending they've gotten from, Konche- from Kachekov since Anderson got hurt is, is a really positive sign. I mean, he was completely ha- uh, hung out to dry last yes. night. There was nothing yes. he could do. And maybe that's why they seem to play better without a goalie at all. <laughs> yeah. As I, as I joked earlier, I don't want to become like, because I'm, I'm, I'm consuming copious amounts of youth hockey these days, but like with, with, with Kochekov last and I'm like, I've seen this before. Oh yes. I've seen it on the youth level when, yeah, you kind of have to bail your goalie out from time to time, guys. You have to score goals to help him out too. Uh, you can't just leave him out to dry like that. And I, I'm with you on I'm, I'm with you on Kochekov. Um, I think there's a lot of I think there's a lot of good there uh, in the long run for the Carolina Hurricanes. Much like last year, he was necessary to have those three goalies because Freddie Anderson, you know, and 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 Antti Ranta got hurt. Uh, and hopefully, yeah. we'll we'll see Freddie Anderson come back here relatively soon. Luke DeCock, News and Observer columnist, joining us here on the OG. Gilio is out today. Uh, he'll be back tomorrow. Speaking of things working themselves out, you and I, I think, are on the same wavelength here. I don't spend a lot of mental bandwidth worrying about college basketball in November and, to a certain extent, December. But what we saw last year, and, and Mike Krzyzewski was very adamant about this towards the end of the season when we were talking about how many ACC basketball teams were going to make the NCAA tournament. If you're going to set the tone with bad numbers early, those bad numbers are going to set a baseline when you start playing each other in conference play. And it looks like early returns are that ACC basketball is doing the same damn thing again with some of these bad losses. And when the metrics, when the Ken Palm metrics, when the net metrics are not great going into conference play, you ain't going to get any better at that point. So what, why, why is this happening again with ACC basketball? Well, I, I don't know that it is, and here's why. The good teams in the ACC – they haven't lost bad games. What was happening last year mm-hmm. was teams like Virginia, um, Syracuse, when we thought they might be good, unlike this year, uh, were losing terrible games. And this year, when you look at who's losing the games, well, there's Louisville, which is already in the running to be the worst, AC, the worst ACC team in the Ken Palm era. I mean, they're potentially as bad as the Dennis Clifford going out to eat un, uh, uh, Dennis Clif- uh, BC team that didn't win a single ACC game. Like Louisville's in that discussion already. I mean, Right now, it's 51-18 against Texas Tech. I mean, that's I, – I, I don't even know how you put a, a, a description on that. I mean, that's just unbelievable. That's NC State against Virginia Tech bad. <laughs> that's the teams in the ACC that are losing games mm-hmm. um, are Florida State, who we thought was going to be good. The Boba Miller suspension's ridiculous. They got lost a couple key players in yeah. and they started 0-4. Uh, Georgia Tech lost a bad one. Um, uh, Georgia Tech was okay. But Pitt lost a couple of bad ones. Boston College lost to Maine. Mm-hmm. You know, the bad teams are losing bad games. So the hope for the ACC this year compared to last year is if you, the good teams can maintain. Like, look, Virginia Tech lost to Charleston. Charleston's really good. They're going to be like an 11 seed, and they're probably going to beat whoever they play. That loss is not going to hurt you in March the way that losing to Maine is going to hurt you in March. So if you can just keep all of these bad losses – 
with the same four or five teams Mm -hmm. and then not lose to those teams, which is the other thing the ACC did last year was lose to these terrible teams. You know, then the good teams can maintain their status. There'll be a clear, you know, delineation between haves and have nots and the ACC will be fine. The nightmare scenario for the ACC is Florida state gets Miller back. They get a bunch of guys healthy. Leonard Hamilton has his 14 guys again and, and, and Florida state's back to normal and Florida state goes like, 14-6 14-6 and six in the yeah. ACC and just destroys everybody's chances to make the tournament. Luke Takak, columnist, News and Observer, joining us here on the OG. We'll close on this. Your ACC Football Coach of the Year going into the final weekend of the regular season is dot, dot, dot. I mean, I think it's obviously Mike Elko. Is there anyone else in contention? Uh, I mean, I feel, I feel like Mike Elko is the easy answer. And sometimes the easy answer is the correct answer. But I do feel like... Dabo should get some consideration at Clemson. Nah, I when when you look at the state of the Duke program at this time last year. Yeah, I'm with you. It was totally bereft of of confidence, of joy, of energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and Duke being Duke, there's no guarantee that you could just put the paddles on the chest and shock that thing back to life. I mean, yeah. People forget what a miracle worker David Cutcliffe initially was. I mean, Duke won a lawsuit by saying they were the worst <laughs> program in the country. I never forget. People forget that. They won a lawsuit <laughs> by saying you could replace us with any other opponent and you'd be better off. And yeah. they won. And they won that argument against Louisville. Against it was Louisville. against Louisville. Now they're conference yeah. buddy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so what I about, okay, what about Mac? What about Mac? Because, you know, I this. Mean, Mac's done a good job, but, but look. You're, if you're saying that Mac is the coach of the year, you're basically saying that he screwed up so badly last year that he now gets credit for not screwing up. I mean, the other thing about, that, other that thing works about for Elko, me. The other thing about Elko is if I told you that Wake and Duke were going into this game with, four, with one team was four and three and the other was three and four, like he's done it in a headwind yeah. that's knocked down other teams. You know, I mean, Wake has struggled at times. Florida State struggled at times. And they're going to end up having a pretty good season. Um, oh. Carolina lost to Georgia Tech. You know, like weird things have happened this year in this league, and I think the fact that Duke has won games is is um, pretty impressive given the state of the program last year. I mean, the guy I'll throw out there is Mike Norvell. Yeah. I mean, what he's done at Florida State is basically the opposite of what happens at Miami every year. Luke Takak, columnist, News and Observer. We appreciate the time, man. Have a good Thanksgiving. We'll talk to you later. You got it. Happy Thanksgiving. It's the OG. Happy Thanksgiving. It's the OG alongside Joe Giglio, who's not here today. I'm Joe Ovius. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, I, I went full Chuck Amato. Happy Thanksgiving. Jake, I'm getting worried. My house hunt's taking longer than expected. We've made so many offers and keep losing out. You could really use the JAG Advantage. What's the JAG Advantage? The Jim Allen Group, number one real estate team in the state since 1996 with the largest inventory of home sites in the Triangle, 11,000. And they rep more than 65 communities. The Jim Allen Group? Oh, I get it. The JAG Advantage. Score with the Jim Allen Group at thejagadvantage.com. Equal housing opportunity. Yeah, if you're if you're at a loss as to what I'm talking about, you're new to the area. There is a honey baked ham store on Six Forks Road. I think there's another one in Cary. Okay. But the one that I'm familiar with and I've been familiar with for years is the one on Six Forks Road next to the Dunkin' Donuts. Mm-hmm. And I'm not making this up. They actually have traffic signs, the light-up traffic signs that say, expect delays, ham pickup. I saw them yesterday. They're out there. We have a ham jam that backs up Six Forks Road. Uh, Dennis, I'm pretty sure there's a sounder in there. Oh. Deep in the archives. 
that uh, I'm trying, I'm trying, I think Jim Kelly over at Mix voiced it for us, where he just goes ham jam. Or, or actually, I know who did the voice. It's actually our old friend James Alverson, who's with the North wow. Carolina High School Athletic Association. <laughs> then we got. I think we got James to voice like a big dramatic ham jam, ham jam. There it is. There it is. Um, ham jam. So. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. I'm not here tomorrow when Julio's back. I don't know if you guys want to implement ham jam rules. Yes. That if you can prove that you're stuck in Six Forks traffic because of ham pickup, you get to go straight to the front of the line on a phone call and talk about whatever you want to talk about. Deal. While you're just sitting there waiting to pick up your ham. Deal. At the Honey Baked Ham on Six Forks. Ham jam. <laughs> I mean, the ham is good. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to act like I'm above it. I don't know if I'm sitting in traffic for it, but if you happen to pick up a honey-baked ham and I'm invited to your place, yeah, I'll crush some honey-baked ham. And we'll do it again at Christmas. We'll do oh, it yeah. twice a year. The Christmas ham. Actually, three times a year because of Easter. Yes. Ham jam. Here for it. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. The Designery grand opening, we're scheduled to open May 16th and do our grand opening party then. We're going to be catering some food. We're doing some giveaways. We have a VR headset, an Echo Show, some kitchen gadgets, and some fancy knives. 12 to 2 p.m. Please stop by our showroom, 3030 Wake Forest Road. That's The Designery at the designery.com joining us on the heaster automotive group hotline lauren brownlow wralsportsfan.com she hangs out with me on the acc panic room and uh, it looks like it's gonna be a cold rainy miserable friday afternoon for somebody in chapel hill who's it gonna be brownlow oh my god see listen if i were if i were writing right now i would yeah. have written something about how like this is every crab in a bucket North Carolina football fans dream, isn't it? Uh, it? It really is, right? That's State comes into this off a terrible loss to Boston College. Carolina comes into it off a terrible loss to Georgia Tech, both at home. Mm-hmm. And now a game that could have been really fun, and we were legitimately talking about it that way, like not that long ago, has just become this misery fest. And it's just, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I, I can't say misery too much, I guess, in Carolina's end, like, that nobody's going to cry for them. They're going to play for the Coastal or whatever. But still, like, the game itself has lost a lot of what it could have potentially been. And that's sad. I'm allowed to be sad that North Carolina but, football always turns out that way. But we're used to But we're used to with NC State and North Carolina. Like, it's not – this I is know. a rivalry. This is a rivalry that is not going to get any national play. But, damn it, it's our football rivalry. And it usually produces something that's entertaining like it did last year. For sure. And, and, and Julio and I talked about this a little bit yesterday. And then I don't think the loss to Georgia Tech really changes anything in terms of how you fundamentally look at North Carolina's season today. You mentioned it. They won the Coastal Division. Um, this was one of those classic, as we talked about in the panic room, mess around and find out situations that they've been flirting with. 
It gives him a nice little reset, a little recalibration ahead of, you know, classic trap game, as Mac Brown said. I mean, and, you know, yeah, they can get ready for the ACC championship game. The playoff regardless. No, like, no, they weren't. I saying that anyways, they but, like, you know, even if they had beaten the crap out of Georgia Tech and beaten the crap out of NC State, it still would have taken a ton of things to go their way. Sure. And it wasn't going to be very likely. Like, it just wasn't going to happen. So it's not like they lost their – I guess they lost the chance to be in the discourse. You know, that's and really he, what it was. And it, what the, the thing was on Saturday with North Carolina, you're right. Their chances of making the college football playoff are very, very slim. But it's like dumb yeah. and dumber. So you're saying there's a chance. And now it's like, never mind. Yeah, Girl, never mind. Because Tennessee losing opens that up, by the right. way. Um, the way Michigan got their win against Illinois kind of opens that up. No, uh, that's not get, team at least, but yeah. They, they get they're, true, but what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, Michigan can get knocked out real quick. Yeah. And what's going to be really interesting going forward, and we'll find out in the college football playoff rankings tonight. What do you do with Clemson? Right. Miami's not good, but they absolutely took care of business against the Tigers. And I'm going to be really curious to see how much longer LSU stays ahead of not just Clemson but Southern Cal as well, because they got another top 25 win over UCLA this weekend. What about Florida State too? Yeah, Florida State's been good. I mean, you like—I mean, they don't like head-to-head. I think as much, as much as some people do, but mm. like, they do have a head-to-head win over LSU at this yeah. point, and they're playing almost as well as anybody. I'm—I'm I'm curious to see if they end up like, like, there's no way they put FSU ahead of Clemson, right? But maybe like, no. But they hate Clemson this year, and I'm not saying that to be like flippant. They did not in the first rankings hate them, but ever you know. The, na- the national people, too, and even us locals watching them. I think that there's been this mm-hmm. sort of nitpicking with them that's gone on because it hasn't always looked great. They've taken, you know, some bad losses. The offense has sputtered at times. The defense has struggled some, too. They haven't mm-hmm. looked immortal, and I think that that's kind of led us to think that they're a trash team. It's like it's not either or. Like, they can be still like a top t- like a top ten team and be a decent team. Like, it doesn't have to be they're going to make the playoff. Like, but I think yeah. that they're kind of getting left behind a little bit in the way that we talk about teams because of the way that they've looked and the way they've struggled. Lauren Brownlow, WRLSportsFan.com, ACC Panic Room, hanging out with us here on the OG. I'm Joe Obvious. Julio is out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, you mentioned Florida State and what they've been able to do. Clemson runs the table in ACC play as they win the Atlantic, and they got through some top 25 matchups along the way. And, you know, Mac Brown uh, wins the Coastal at Carolina, and Mike Elko has turned Duke around from really two to three years of terrible football um, to bowl eligibility in a tight game against Pitt this past weekend. It's an interesting ACC Coach of the Year conversation. I mean, I can make arguments for Mac. I can make arguments for Dabo. Uh, Mike Elko's the easiest choice, really, because of what he's been able to do at Duke and what the expectations were. How do you see this kind of shaking out as we enter the last game of the regular season? I feel like coaches like Mac and Dabba will be dinged for their recruiting. Yes. Um, because that's how, well, frankly, that's usually how both awards work. But certainly, you know, in football, when you have a guy like Mike Elko right there, mm-hmm. you know, that has come back into Duke and kind of revitalized them, gotten them back to a bowl in his first year, you know, the culture change, all that good stuff you want to talk about, like, that's it right there. I mean, I, I just kind of think that's going to be tough to beat for either of them. And it would have mm-hmm. taken like if, if Matt and them, if they beat Georgia tech, right. And then, you know, even if they lost NC state, I think if they beat Georgia tech, they've taken home the coast. So all that stuff, it, it, maybe he gets more consideration, but I really do think that that might 
ding him a little bit, you know? Do but you see, even it's look, entirely possible. Do you look at Mike Norvell through fresh eyes at this point? Do you look at Brent? I think you should. Like, <laughs> they've beaten some people since they put him on his interim. Like, they beat Pitt. They mm. beat North Carolina. Like, mm. I don't know. I mean, I'm just saying that I think that, like, you know, some of it will depend maybe a little bit on what Duke does. You don't want to see them get blown out in their last game either. You know, you want to see them continue to be competitive because um, that's what we're sort of used to seeing with Duke over the years, right? It's they kind of fall back to earth at the end of the year, injuries catch up with them, whatever. It's not like Wake's not really good, but mm-hmm. they can compete with that team and hang around with them. And if they get, like, blown out, what was that one game? That one year was, like, 45 to nothing or something when they played Wake? So, yeah, it was something bad. something ridiculous. They like can't that, do right? that. And then I think, no. I think he wins it, though. I think he would. Lauren Brownlow, WRLSportsFan.com, hanging out with us here on the OG. Jillio out today. He'll be back tomorrow. Uh, if you miss anything from today's show, check it out on the Best of the OG podcast. You can watch you, you can watch this conversation with Lauren Brownlow on our YouTube channel. Uh, smash the subscribe. Boop it. I don't know. Do something with the subscribe button uh, and check it out. Oh, speaking of which, um, for the Carolina State game, you're going to hang out with me on Discord? What? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to find some alternatives to Twitter, you know? I mean, look, you and I, have, you know this about me and, and Twitter. I've been kind of bored with the platform. Uh, but when, when my guy, Trent Reznor, decides that he's done with Twitter, it makes me reconsider how much longer I want to be on Twitter. But I just don't know where to go. So, like, I started up the Reddit. Like, we have a subreddit now. Um, oh, boy. We got 99.9 The Fan on Reddit. And then I started a, and you'll be you'll be happy because this is this ties this ties into where I was going going on this. Today is the eighth anniversary of Virginia Tech Wake Forest zero <gasps> zero regulation tie with Frank Beamer's arms up in the air on a Raycom broadcast. That's the avatar for the hashtag GoACC Discord channel that I created last week. I just figured I it was like the most appropriate thing. I really don't know what it is. I think it has something to do with video game streaming. Eh, it's for the most part, but it's basically like Slack for not work. It's really what it is. It's just a, it's like one big chat channel. That's all it is. Okay. And I'll 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 show you how to do it. We can like goof around during the State Carolina game on Friday. But Lauren Brownlow hanging out with us here on the OG. Look, I'll be tweeting on the on the Titanic, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> as it goes down. I'm I'll be I'm I'll be on my... the tweet the Twitter ship deck playing yes. violin i mean i still i'm i've i've like signed up for other platforms as well sure and, um but like yeah I'll, I'll, i mean i'm gonna keep going until i can't be there so you're, you're not like what is it uh, billy zane on ti- on the titanic he has a child i have a child and you're trying to get off the titanic you're not doing that no, I, I'm, okay. I'm hanging on until the end yeah got it well, you know what i'm probably gonna be with you in that regard um all right speaking of twitter i'm pretty sure this was real but Matt Rule tweeted out hashtag OOU. Did you see that? No. Form, form. What? I think I I think it was the Matt Rule Twitter account. And he and he he hashtagged it OOU, which was one of us, which was all part of his plan with the Panthers to create this culture, right? It's but lovely get- that he's come out of the woodwork. Right. The same week that they have like a his, an historically bad offensive performance that I was almost mm-hmm. impressed by. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. it's, hard, it's hard to do this on purpose, what you're doing. Now, do you think that Matt Rule, former Carolina Panthers head coach, is making some some car wash rounds on the NFL network like he did today with Good Morning Football? And I think he was on CBS. Ooh, they should have got him on with Steve Smith. Uh, yeah, no, Steve Smith is, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about that. 
Do you think that has something to do with the way that the Panthers are playing, or he understands it's now time to get his name out there because it's about to be the college football coaching carousel crazy time? It's not like he's ever clock managed that well, so probably <laughs> a coincidence, honestly. I mean, I'm just saying, like, it's not – yeah, you know, good I point. mean, I'd love to think that it was because they looked so terrible. It's yeah. Like, oh, now's the time. But yeah. college football season is about to wrap up. Like, yeah. He, he's waiting for some, you know, from for some sources at schools to reach out. I just love – Whatever. I just love the audacity of Matt Rule to talk about, you know, I, I, I wish I could have done some things better in the first two years, you know, really like really connecting with the team, but you know, I don't COVID. know like literally anything. Well, he, he, he didn't blame it directly, but he brought, he invoked COVID and mask wearing for his inability to really connect with the team. And it's like, dude, okay, you and everybody else dealt with this. Why was it your problem? And also it's not, we knew how the NFL operated. Everybody was in the facility. It's not like you couldn't see your player. Oh, well, I couldn't see. I couldn't see their faces. Well, people know. are big. Some people are big on that nowadays. It's I like, guess so. It's, uh, you know, whatever. Right. I looked at man in his eyes. See, you could still do that. Like that's you could look, at, you could look at the man in the eye. Yeah. Like for me, that's a bigger thing. Honestly, yeah. than like, a, like cool. If you have a great smile and whatever, but like, I can read eyes better than I could. You could give me a fake smile. I can look at your eyes and know if you're, laughing for real or if mm -hmm. you're just giving me a like when i go to the doctor now it's the same thing like i might make a joke and i can kind of see the nervous like <laughs> and i'm like oh <laughs> i wish i could see your face because i could just pretend that that was a real laugh instead of like an awkward <laughs> one to make me feel better i'm like so have you have you you've completely checked out on the page did you even watch on sunday they're getting against the Rams? i did watch some because i was actually like i was hearing how bad it was and i was like oh it was oh it was awesome yeah and then i watched like some of the second quarter and a lot of the third and i was just kind of staring in wonder like wow how is this like this like it's just so bad i Look. just couldn't and plus like i honestly i watched actually i skipped most of the third i watched most of the fourth i watched mm -hmm. out of love for my guy lamar of jackson because i was like surely like they can you know i can get some magic lamar moments i i got like one because mm -hmm. it was just a depressing game all around. Like, but that's that's the vibe around the Panthers right now. Everything is depressing. Like, I'll be honest with you. On Sunday, my general, I was like, oh, that's right. They're playing today. And I'm like, wait, that's who are they playing? That's been my attitude with them most Sundays, to be honest. Yeah. Like, and, that, and that's unfortunate for Steve Wilkes, who, by all accounts, like, people like Steve Wilkes. Uh, Panther fans like you have, understa have understood what Steve Wilkes is about. But, I mean, look. We all know what he's up against. We, we know, know why, what he's doing. We know right. why he was put in this position. Yep. Pretty yep. much. He was told he had to do a spectacular job or he'd have no chance. Now and we here. all know he's not going to be able to do a spectacular job. But he's – look, you know I've, I've criticized Panthers coach sometimes for meaningless wins down the stretch when they're mm -hmm. bad. I'm not going to criticize Steve Wilkes for trying to win games. He was literally told he has to. Yeah. And instead, what the Panthers will end up doing is getting into a bidding war with Jim Irsay for Jeff Saturday. You're, please stop. I'm kidding. On that you, note. I, you can't. You can't know that you're kidding. <laughs> you cannot know that. No, you're right. You do, I, I don't know what David you're Tepper. You're put anything I, past David right, Tepper. Right. I do not put anything past David Tepper. Like for instance. Uh, Jeremy Markovich of NC Rabbit Hole was hanging out with Hayes Permar while Hayes was filling in for Adam Gold earlier today. And, and and Jeremy made a joke about, like, all right, react to this headline. It was, the Panthers hire Urban Meyer. And, it, like, I can't put it past the Panthers. I mean, my reaction to it is that LeBron walks out with his first shift. 
just FYI. Like, so people know, because I You're know done. I threatened it before when they were looking at Deshaun Watson, whatever else. Yeah. No, no, no. That's that's me. I'm walking out About. in a puff with my purse right. like LeBron did. Well, on that yeah, note, you're out. Lauren Brownlow, WRLSportsFan.com, ACC Panic Room. We'll have a fresh panic room uh, after the NC State Carolina cold and miserable game. That's going to be really cold and miserable for somebody on Friday. We'll see you all then. If you missed any of that conversation with Brownlow, you can check it out on YouTube. Uh, just go uh, smash the subscribe button on our YouTube channel. Look up 99.9 The Fan. Uh, you can also listen to the best of the OG podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I was I was actually thinking about going to that game, but I looked at the weather. I don't know. If, I don't know if I want to go sit through that. Um, I have a photo pass for that game. You tell me I shouldn't go. I mean, that's up to you, man. If you got the if you got the gear to hang out in some rain. I mean, this, I mean, look, the weather can change between now and Friday. True. Just it's it looks like it's going to be cold and wet. Mm-hmm. But you know, I actually I have not physically gone to a football game this year. Everything that I've done this year has been through the magic of television. Um, just my schedule has not allowed it for me to go to a football game. It's, it's entirely possible the first football game I physically go to would be the championship game. But we'll see. Uh, we're actually going to be out at the ACC championship game. Uh, we'll, the OG is going to be broadcasting from the Fan Fest in Charlotte outside Bank of America Stadium uh, Friday and Saturday. Rumor has it, Dennis, that there's going to be an OG Culture State like uh infinity war crossover event i think we're having a war games match with wfnz <laughs> where our shows are going to tag up against them i don't like our chances oh i i've i could take down mac Gilio uh, G- Gilio's neck is going to be a problem i'm completely out of shape and oh, he's first to go uh, don't chris and i are going to carry the thing. all right i don't know man i don't put it pa- i don't put it past kyle bailey just saying i know dude could beat you up just saying Dennis, are you a pumpkin beer guy? Do you, do you like pumpkin beer? Is there a time I, and place for a pumpkin beer? Remember correctly, I think Full Steam in Durham has a pumpkin beer, like a seasonal pumpkin well, they beer. Have, I've had that, and it's good. Or is it a sweet potato? It's a sweet. They have a sweet potato. That, had that one yeah. is good. I don't Car- think I've had a pumpkin beer. Though. Carver is their uh, is their sweet potato beer. Uh, we got Graham Hill back there, like uh, training back there. Are you a pumpkin beer guy, Graham? Just nod, yes or no, like your thumbs up for the pumpkin beer. He's unsure. I I'm cool with pumpkin beers, but here's the problem I have with pumpkin beers. You know when I want a pumpkin beer? I want one this week. Oh, yeah. I want one Thursday on Thanksgiving. I'm with you. But here's the problem. Go try to find a pumpkin beer right now in the supermarket. You know what you're going to find? You're going to find all the, like, look, I love all the local breweries, but we've got the Christmas beers now, the Christmas ales. uh, that are The winter warmers are out right now. If I wanted a pumpkin beer, I should have bought it back in July. But I'm not thinking about buying pumpkin beers in July, even though that's when they hit the market. You're probably wondering... Why does this happen? Why, when it's actually cold outside, and I would like to have a pumpkin beer after my main meal and mix? Can you imagine a pumpkin beer with a chocolate chest pie? Mm. That sounds amazing. Does sound a pecan nice. pie with a lovely pumpkin beer, or if you want to double the pumpkin, have pumpkin pie with a pumpkin pie porter. Knock yourself out. Hmm. But. You had to be thinking ahead back in July, August, September when it came to the pumpkin beers. But by the time we get to September, they're already into the Oktoberfest anyway. And we know how it is in this state. It's 98 degrees. And I'm not really thinking about a Mertzen at that point. Okay, Here's the reason why it's more difficult to find a pumpkin beer when you actually want a pumpkin beer. And you get them in the summer. 
because we can't help ourselves. <laughs> Seasonal creep is real. And for as much as the beer bros out there would love to tell you that nobody drinks pumpkin beers, well, sales would tell you otherwise. In fact, this year there's been an uptick, a resurgence in pumpkin beers. Maybe people talk themselves back into enjoying pumpkin beers while trying to act cool like they didn't like them. So with seasonal creep, what ends up happening is if you're fighting for shelf space, well, there's one really easy way to get your pumpkin beer off the shelf before everybody else. Be one of the three on the shelf in July rather than one of the 15 that exists in, say, September. And by the time you get to this point, people have hoped to have sold out all their pumpkin beers. Now, there are credit to some of the breweries out there, and there's a few of them out there, that do make seasonally appropriate pumpkin beers with local ingredients. The problem with pumpkin is it doesn't have much flavor to it. That's why they got to overly spice it. But that's neither here nor there. There are some that do it that way. And it's pretty good stuff. But I just needed to get that off my chest. I got nothing against pumpkin beer. I like pumpkin beer. New Belgium makes one, if you can still find it, New Belgium makes one that has some spice to it. Like like not pumpkin spice, like actual chili spice that's excellent. Got a little heat to it. But I want it this week. Not Labor Day weekend when I'm trying to watch <laughs> Go to go to the pool for the like the, the la, I'm going to the pool for the last time of the summer. I am not crushing a pumpkin beer at the pool. Anyway, off my soapbox. Your heart. It's the only one you have. Fortunately, you also have a choice. Expert cardiologists, talented surgeons, highly skilled specialists, all of whom chose WakeMed. Why? The main reason is the same reason patients choose WakeMed. Everything you need for the best possible care is right here. Learn more at WakeMed.org. WakeMed Heart and Vascular Physicians. Your heart, your choice.